It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Steve and Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight with Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. All right, the first week of OTAs are in the books in Allen Park. Lions opened things up uh, this week. First look at Panay Sewell, really, because he had COVID, wasn't available for rookie minicamp. Uh, and there was a, an excellent turnout, by all accounts. Of, of players who were in attendance there. Uh, and it uh, sounds like about 80 players were there. A couple important no-shows, Michael Brockers, Jamie Collins, Tyrell Crosby. You know, Crosby, certainly a guy that I don't know that he's going to be there for involuntary workouts because they essentially drafted his uh, replacement uh, and, and maybe even making him expendable. Certainly, uh, Michael Brockers, Jamie Collins, those are guys that uh, are, will be just fine. By all accounts, they've been in constant contact with the coaching staff, so I don't think there's much to be to be too concerned with there. Uh, Nick Roddy and, and Ken Brown with us uh, to start the show. Uh, Ken does that uh, podcast with Michael Hare, the K&M podcast, there you go. also uh, on uh, Mitch Al- the Mitch Album Show here on WJR. What's up, fellas? Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are we? Hey, Chris. Ken? Um, so, uh, a couple of interesting things here, uh, at least by some of these accounts that we're, we're getting from the first week of OTAs. And I think we probably need to start with, with, uh, with golf and just the way, um, that this team kind of envisions the, this position developing, not only this year, but into the future. Um, so it sounds like Jared Goff was, they, they ran two different fields of seven on sevens. Jared Goff was on the field while Tim Boyle and David Blau were on the other field, um, which isn't a surprise, but, but there were, there were a lot of talk about, about Goff's accuracy, about his, his ability to throw the football. And he's apparently by all accounts looked very good doing it. It's not really much of a surprise. Yeah. Our expectations though, let's, let's, let's face the fact expectations for golf are not what expectations for Stafford ever were. You know what I'm saying? If you get the same production that Stafford gave you last year, or just average out their career, people will be okay with it with golf for some reason, but they wouldn't have been okay with it with Stafford. So what level of do you expect him to play at? That's the thing, what fans, what are they expecting? Because when you get two first-round picks and a guy to go away, you're not, they don't have any expectations for him. If he overperforms, it's great. But do you think people think he's the next quarterback for the next 10 years? Well, I think, I mean, to – Look at your wide receiving core. If he performs to what Matthew Stafford did, I think it would be an incredible season for Jared Goff with the receivers he has right now. I know you have TJ Hawkinson at tight end and DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams should play a big role in the offense. But there's no Calvin Johnson or Golden Tate or Nate Burleson or Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. So if Jared Goff has a Stafford season, that's incredible. Yeah, but I'm saying, but will fans respect it though? Because I just sure. feel that they don't, they don't, they think he's oh, a placeholder. That would be that. That's the way to win this fan base over if he has a season like that with with the with the weapons he has on the outside. But look, this offensive line is no joke. They're really good. They're really big. 
Uh, and then you've got a guy like DeAndre Swift coming out of the backfield with you had somebody like Jamal Williams. The, the, this could be a, a at least the the really beginning of a foundation, a really solid foundation for this offense moving forward. Defensively, we're still not really sure what we're going to see. We're missing some guys, like I mentioned, Michael Brockers, Jamie Collins. Um, Can't but, be any but, worse. Can't be any worse. <laughs> if they threw out no, me, great. you, and, and Chris Renwick and and um, anybody else, Michael Hare, we put all, it couldn't be any worse than last year. So anything is an upgrade from last year. So speaking of upgrades, uh, Jelani Tavai has reportedly lost 17 pounds. Is he salvageable? I mean, he was a second-round pick who – before this weight loss, you thought might might make the team. It, are they onto something with Jelani Tavai? You think? Are you asking can he be a functional player? Or can he be a, a star or a good player? No, can he? Uh, not a is star. Is he eligible? Yeah, yeah. yeah I can think he play? He, he can good, make the roster. Can he make? A, can he be a good linebacker? He can make the roster. He may be a contributor, but is he ever going to be a, a a very good to great player? No, I don't think. You've seen what he can do. This is another thing I got a question though. This even makes me more angry at the last coach that why would you want him playing that high? 270 pounds. What, 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 in what world are we playing 270-pound linebackers if you – linebackers now, not linemen, linebackers in this league. I, I don't get why they let him get that big. Well, I think he can certainly be serviceable in the sense that he can be a, a, a contributing member on special teams. I don't know that he ever should really crack the two deep, but he's a guy that at least knows the position a little bit, so he can come in in reserve spots. That, that to me, that change is is a, at least where they expect to go with a lot of these players and the scheme that they try to play. I agree with you, Ken. I don't know who's running 270-pound linebackers that, that, that are – you limited know, coming out of Hawaii. Right, like, I, just don't, I don't think that exists. Yeah, it's amazing. But I'm going to tell you what, the key to the linebackers to me is Jamie Collins for next year. For whoever else you added or whatever you're doing, and I'm not counting Trey Flowers and um, Awaria as uh, linebackers. I'm, they're rush-ins. Aquara. is rush-ins. But Jamie Collins is going to be the key. If he can get back to some form on his good years in New England and play, because he's athletic as all get out, but it, it just wasn't there last year. Well, and then look, all of this being said, this is like the first week of OTAs. I mean, this is, we have really no uh, real insight into what this team is going to be. I don't think they're going to be very good. I think, I'm telling you, I think they're going to be better than you guys think. And that might be great. I think they'll be better. That could be. But they're not going to be contending for a division title here this year. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, everything's on the table. Ah, Fair enough. All right, more to come on Sports Wrap next. Now back to more Sports Wrap, presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, so look, I don't think anybody really expected Phil Mickelson to, to win the PGA Championship. I, at 50, the way he's been playing, I just I just didn't see it. Um, but he played a, a really sound four days of golf, and, and it was an incredible scene out there. And And... Much like Tiger winning the Masters a couple of years ago, um, the, the the absolute mob of people, Nick, was was just wild to see. It was so. Uh, it just seemed to me like it was 
it was a year and a half of pent up frustration, pent up excitement um, for in particular, these golf fans to get out there and, um, and just enjoy a, a really nice course and a really nice round of golf, uh, particularly by Phil Mickelson, but, but Brooks Kappa also had a really nice couple of days and it was Brooks who, you know, is coming back from that knee surgery, still doing rehab on it, but still playing golf all the while. And he actually got lost in that mob of people. And he said, people were bumping them and um, he didn't really feel safe. It was a wild scene, but one of the crazier parts to come out of, I guess the end of the tournament, it did involve Brooks Kepka. There was a, a bit of footage that was released from an interview that was being done uh, with Brooks Kepka, and uh, talking about putting and how difficult it was going to be for a lot of these guys to put on these greens that weekend. And, uh, and then it was Bryson DeChambeau walking behind Brooks Kepka with those metal cleats. And uh, you could feel the eye roll. I, you could, you could literally feel it. You could, it tremored between uh, on the ground under your feet. It was wild. And then you, then he, and then was, it's this stuff. We can't play on radio (laughs) because Brooks kind of went off on, on how much he didn't like Bryson DeChambeau and Bryson is not a a really well-liked guy on tour, but there was a little bit of uh, how I guess this started was Bryson was being accused of slow play by Brooks. Uh, Brooks came up and and talked to him about it when they were on the the practice green uh, one morning uh, before a tournament, and it seemed like it was squashed. And then it kind of picked up and and gained steam, and then it all uh, you know uh, finished off with this video that was released uh, about this interview that Brooks Kepka was doing. And it was just a wild scene. And it, this this type of attitude hasn't really been seen in on the tour in quite some time. I don't know about you, but I actually love it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's great for golf. You need rivalries like that. Uh, you need personalities. And I think whether you like or despise Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau, I think it's good for the game of golf. You need characters. And that's what other sports have uh, successfully done well. Is, I mean, you look at the NBA, you look at the NFL, they create brands. And whether yeah. you like them or don't like them, it works. Well, and I, in, in particular golf, I mean, Tiger and Phil had a little bit of it, not to this extent, uh, but they had that, that just pure, uh, gamesmanship, just, they were ultimate competitors. And for a lot of Tiger's career, Phil was, was the guy that he was always kind of battling against or, or measuring up to. And certainly the same goes the opposite way for Phil, but um, this type of where there, there's like, there's like actual animosity. There's actual, like these guys really don't like each other. It, it adds a whole other layer to a game that is, it's supposed to be gentlemanly. It's supposed to be, you know, on the up and up. It's, it's a, it's a game that, that is based a lot about, uh, you know, self-monitoring and, and, and watching the rules and making sure you're, you're, you're playing within the parameters that are set um, whereas a lot of sports, there's referees and they'll catch on at whatever they see. This is a lot more self-regulated and, and in a way, uh, it certainly can be looked at as, as kind of stuffy, kind of uptight. 
but when you've got this type of animosity between these guys, when you've got this type of rivalry, it only adds to the game. It only improves it. It only, quite frankly, if you're the PGA, it only elevates your league, you know, into, we talk all the time about the four major sports, but this, when you start getting this type of, of reaction from people, this can certainly propel your league into a, a higher stratosphere. And it makes for some great social media content with uh, what we're getting to next with is the uh, celebrity match with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Well, see, here's the thing with that. And what I love about this, because what I, what they're doing with a lot of these, uh, what do they call it? The match, right? And they've done it with, uh, with a couple of different golfers and, and Tiger got into it uh, and, and pre-injury, of course, pre-accident. Um, but now you've got this uh, iteration uh, it'll be on Tuesday, July 6th on TNT from the Reserve at Moonlight Basin, which is the Jack Nicholas signature uh, in Montana and Big Sky. Uh, you've got Phil Mickelson versus Tom, uh, Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady versus Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. Um, and this is all, it's all just, it's, it's a, it's a fundraising event based, ba- ba- not fundraising. It's a charity event. They, they raise money and they, they give it away. It's awesome. Um, but you talk about the social media aspect of all of this. Tom Brady comes out on Twitter. Came out firing. And said, uh, this is a, a great matchup between uh, two champions and a scientist and a Jeopardy host. <laughs> Look, Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl. Bryson DeChambeau is a major winner. I mean, yeah, you uh, you but, can't really but, compare the championship of Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady, though. But I thought the best were his his not. memes that he created. It's the picture of Bryson walking behind Brooks, and Brooks is rolling his eyes, and there's a text over Bryson that says, Bryson, happy to be here. And in front of Brooks, it says, Aaron realizing he has to spend the whole day with Bryson. <laughs> and the next one was, for Bryson, the Packers kicking the field goal down seven, and Brooks is rolling his eyes, and that says Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, I mean that's the best part are, of it. Those are those are some big that that's some big time ammo from Tom Brady. Yeah, and then and Bryson he's coming him out, laying him on the table. Bryson's comeback at Tom Brady. Once Aaron Rodgers and I take you and Phil Mickelson down, you will feel just as deflated as those balls were in the AFC Championship game. Oh, I hadn't even seen that. How about that? That's a good That's a one. little weak. It's a little weak, but it's yeah. all right. What are you going to do? What, what, how could you possibly uh, come back against what, what Tom Brady did? You, you can't. can't. No, you can't. No. Nope. But use a valiant effort, I got to say. Um. So, look, I I, I think this is going to be fun to watch. I There's been, you know, there, there's been people have said, ah, there's no, there's no juice behind this. Uh, when it was... You know, uh, who was that match? Was that Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and uh, Tom Brady? Was that the matchup, or was it Brady and Tiger? I'm not sure. The Either way, matchup. that was the, those were the four playing. Um, and people are like, ah, well, the, you, got the, you got the 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 Brady Manning rivalry. Yeah, it was Tiger and Peyton against uh, okay. Phil and yeah. Tom okay. Brady. That's what I thought. So either way, uh, 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 four great athletes competing. 
And now on in this in this event, you've got another four that are going to be really good. And then you know, this whole Aaron Rodgers thing isn't going away. I mean, this is a big deal that he's going to be you know in front of a lot of cameras. I don't, they're not going to talk about you know his situation with the Packers, but I think there's a lot of juice. For well, this. he's always in the news, and that's what's great about Aaron Rodgers right now. I mean, Tom Brady, or excuse me, Peyton Manning had been retired for a couple of years at that point. So there wasn't really much juice behind the Manning-Brady aspect of it. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he always stays in the news, whether he's vacationing with famous actors or being on Jeopardy or uh, going on Kenny Main's last Sports Center. There's, there's never a dull moment with Aaron Rodgers. No doubt about it. All right, we got a lot to do still here uh, this Sunday. Uh, there is a, a a player for the University of Michigan Wolverine basketball team that I don't know was on a lot of people's radars to to, to go to the draft and, and potentially be drafted to play pro basketball, but he's now thrown his name into the ring. We'll see what he decides, and we'll tell you who that is coming up next at 632. Don't go anywhere. Sports Wrap rolls on. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy here on WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap, presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, welcome back. And I I, I wanted to do this topic because I think a lot of you out there, even if you're certainly, if you're a Michigan State fan, you've got great interest to see what this Wolverine is going to do. But if you're a Michigan fan, I think you got to be a little concerned here. Uh, I, the, the basketball team has some high aspirations next year. They, they've got quite a set of goals. And I think as they sit now with the class that they've got coming in, uh, they certainly have a, a real legitimate shot to be at least in the talks as a contention for a national championship. But I think that all comes with the stipulation that they keep one of their best players. Um, uh, however, uh, the big seven, one center Hunter Dickinson came out on Twitter this week and said that he has declared for the NBA draft. Now, before you, you, you freak out on me, hear me out in college basketball. As long as you don't hire an agent, you still retain your college eligibility. As long as you've got some eligibility left, well, Hunter Dickinson's a true freshman. So yes, he's got, he's got a whole boatload of eligibility left. So he's not hiring an agent. So he will retain that college eligibility. Now, let me just just give you a a glimpse of what you could be losing. As a true freshman, second team All-American. He was the team leading uh, player in points scored per game at at averaging about 14 a game. Pulled in seven boards for you. And was about 60% from the floor. He was a dominant force inside, less so in the tournament, uh, but certainly a player that you had to plan for. And when Isaiah Livers was healthy, they were a, a team that was a problem for most people most nights. Now, the deadline to withdraw from the NBA draft is July 7th at 5 p.m. So that'll be the date where, where Michigan fans are looking at to seeing what Hunter Dickinson's going to do. There has been 
No mention of Hunter Dickinson in any single mock draft because he hadn't declared. I don't think anybody thought that he was going to declare for the NBA draft. I'm of the belief that this is Hunter Dickinson trying to figure out where he lies in the pecking order, where he's at amongst the other players in the draft. I believe that Hunter Dickinson will be back in Ann Arbor next year. I don't believe he will turn pro this year. Although, if he grades out at a certain spot, if, he, if, if, if scouts look at him favorably and maybe he falls into the, which I don't see, but maybe he falls into the, the mid-first round, he certainly isn't a lottery pick at, at where we stand presently. Um, I, I do not begrudge any kid for going to try to get paid. Nope. Go in, get your a, money. In a sport that is that can be so fragile, ask Greg Oden, uh, that all of a sudden, any moment, you could be your career could be over. So if you can get paid, go get paid. But I just don't believe Hunter Dickinson falls into that line. I think he's I think he's back for another year in Ann Arbor. What I think the think? only thing that worries me if I'm a Michigan fan is the timing of it. I mean, he had until tonight at midnight to declare for the NBA draft with the possibility right. of returning. His season ended two months ago. Right. So why, what has changed in the past two months to now make him try and test the waters? Can, can he not get enough information on his draft status without declaring for the draft? I mean, I'm sure he wants to go to the combine if he's invited and, Sure. And test himself against these other NBA prospects. But the timing of it is just weird for me. It is weird. It is certainly kind of that 11th hour, last minute kind of decision. Um, I, I just, I, I believe that, that once you're in that system, once you're in that, that melting pot, then you can kind of get a feel for what it is and what you're and where you lie. I just, I just, to me, Hunter Dickinson is not at that point yet. I think, I actually think the tournament hurt him more than helped him. Absolutely. I don't think, I don't think he was particularly uh, impactful in the tournament or at least where the Wolverines needed him to be, but the absence of Isaiah livers. Um, so I think it hurt him. I, I actually also think it hurt Franz Wagner as well, uh, but that it's not going to stop him from going pro. He already is. And he'll be a, a, you know, possibly low to, uh, you know, least lower lottery pick, but probably somewhere in the middle of the draft. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, you know, if he's eligible to go and he's, he falls into a spot where he thinks he's comfortable with it, go get paid. Uh, the other problem that we're dealing with in basketball is people. And this is where, <laughs> this is where the, the, I, I believe the, this good old pandemic here. And I say that tongue in cheek. Uh, has done, you know, some some really terrible things, aside from the death and mayhem and, you know, uh, isolation and all that jazz. Uh, I'm talking about people who just don't know how to behave anymore. People that just don't know how to act right in public. You got somebody pouring popcorn on Russell Westbrook as he's heading off the floor uh, in their loss against Philly. You got John Morant saying, you know, I got three fans banned for lewd and racist remarks during game two in Utah with that uh, series uh, out uh, out uh, in, in Utah. And then you've got this one, just the cherry on top of it all, to just kind of tell you where people are at. 
somebody spitting on Trey Young, who plays for the Atlanta Hawks in their New York Knicks matchup at Madison Square Garden. What is going on with these people at basketball games? This was all in one night. These <sighs> all happened on Wednesday night. It's incredible. Is this just is this just people like well uh, people keep saying Nick, Nick, the like, NBA wait, wait. needs to fix this. This isn't an NBA problem. No, I agree. The NBA wh- what are you supposed to do other than putting up glass walls like you're yep, in like the NHL, NHL to yep. avoid from spitting on a player? That's what you do. That's what you do. I mean, or, we haven't had fans yeah. in a year. Yep. And you get back, and you get to go to a playoff game, you're in the first row, and you're spitting on Trey Young. Now, luckily, not luckily, thank goodness these fans have been banned Correct. from going to games. Although it feels a little weird if a fan in Philly loses their season tickets and is banned from Wells Fargo for dumping popcorn on Russell Westbrook, and somebody's able to spit on Trey Young, during a pandemic, mind you. And they say, ah, you just can't come back to a game. It's, it's, it's gross. It's, it's, it shows the worst in people, which I guess isn't a total surprise, but good God. I, I mean, look, I get it. We've all, look, I think I, how we've been in, uh, you know, quarantining and we going through this whole thing together. I get it. I, I, people are sick of it and they're ready to get back. Have you ever considered going to a Westbourne market and spitting on somebody? No. Because they cut you off with a cart? Because not not even because they did anything. I I just or uh, open up a, a, a bag of uh, better maids and just dumping it on somebody's head in front of you in line. H- have you ever had that thought before? No. No, of course not. I just I just don't understand. I don't understand. But but this is where and I, I look. I think the NBA does need to do something about this. I think they need to oh, really they, yeah. consider. They need to consider some options here because this has been happening at a higher clip than I think a lot of people expected. So that's there for you too. Yeah, I, I wonder why. I mean, I, yes, we just talked. You just talked about the pandemic and everything, but why is it happening in the NBA and granted there are no fans there were no fans at a lot of football games last year there still aren't fans at some NHL playoff games so why is it happening in the NBA is are they too close should they back them up should they kind of monitor who gets the first 10 rows and do checks on these people do you just take away the floor seats altogether? well the popcorn thrower wasn't on the floor that's true they were by the tunnel yeah, and we'll see what the NBA does. Uh, I I think they're going to just ban these fans, and and that'll be the extent of it. But we'll see. Maybe maybe they'll take some other action. We'll keep an eye on it. The other thing, real quick, before we head to break, Wayne Gretzky, he's leaving the Edmonton Oilers. He told us Wednesday he's out as vice chair, sixty years old, heading on over to TNT as part of this new restructuring uh, TV deal with TNT and ESPN. He's going to be kind of their Charles Barkley on TNT on the, the TNT coverage for NHL hockey, Eddie Olchuk, Kenny Albert, the whole deal. Uh, what do you think of this move for for the great Oof. one? I think it's uh, strong to say he's the Charles Barkley of their NHL coverage. I don't think anybody's Charles Barkley. I don't know. I mean, does he have much of a personality like Chuck? 
Well, zero. No, the opposite. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, you need to have to put some more personable people around Wayne Gretzky to kind of bring out his surely humor. Of, I don't of know. Of course, of course. But Chuck, look, very close with with Wayne Gretzky. Kind of was instrumental in bringing him over to Turner for this deal. Uh, and, um, no, I don't, and maybe you put Chuck on some of these hockey broadcasts with Wayne. I'm that sure might they be will. Kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they should. Uh, so that's the latest with, uh, with Gretzky. He's coming over to do TV and, um, you know, I certainly the Gretzky family has been, uh, in the, in the limelight for quite a long time now with Paulina did, uh, you know, married to, to DJ. So it's going to be, a yeah, look, I'm, I'm down for it. Let's see what Wayne's got, what kind of chops he's got on TV. I, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. And it's going to be weird to not have games on NBC uh, from now on. They'll be on Turner, TNT and ESPN. So yeah. bringing back the old ESPN uh, hockey. Uh, yeah, what was that? The glow puck, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, like the, or was that like pass? Was that ESPN? Uh, you know, that may have been Fox now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to do some digging, but somebody had the glow puck and it was fantastic. All right, more to come here on Sports Wrap this Sunday, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, right around the corner, right around the corner, and you're gonna be able to go, you're gonna be able to go and watch Phil Nicholson, Bryson DeChambeau, Bubba Watts. We'll talk about all these guys that are gonna be there. We'll talk about what they got planned out at DGC with our guy Jason Langwell executive director of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. When we come back here on Sports Rep, don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Putting on a, a PGA tournament uh, event. It ain't no cakewalk. And I know they need every second to put it together. But I, I'm just, I can't wait. I mean, if it were today, I would go. I mean, I'm just so excited for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, but you got the Rocket Mortgage Classic coming back to DGC July 1st through the 4th. Uh, and we got a, a lot to talk about. And there's nobody better to do it with than my guy, Jason Langwell, Executive Director at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Jason, how's it going? Hey, Chris. I'm doing great. How you doing? Just 34 days away, man. Here we go. I know you guys need every second to, to get ready for this tournament. Talk to me about where you're at in the preparation leading up to July 1st. Well, things are going really well. Uh, the team out here, uh, Detroit Golf Club, has done a great job working with our team. Uh, Paul Aips, uh, our tournament director, Rob Kroll, and team are doing an amazing job getting the golf course ready. Um uh, We've got our structures that are going up now. It's fun to see the bills come together. We need uh, we need about 65 days or so to build this little small city that we that we have up for Rocket Mortgage Classic Week. Um, we've had some great weather, as we all know here. So the golf course is firm and fast, just like they like it. And um, it's really coming together well. The corporate community supported us. So you're going to see a very similar build out and a similar look and feel with all that big Rocket Mortgage Red um here in just 34 days for our third event well you guys got a lot of no-name golfers i don't know how you're going to attract people <laughs> to this uh, tournament um and we'll get to that in just a second but uh a lot of big developments in on the covid front obviously the michigan department of health and human services the the cdc all making big moves in the last couple of weeks 
uh, which all kind of led and culminated to you guys being able to put tickets out on sale to the general public. They are available now. Uh, what do we need to know about how we can get our hands on some of these tickets? Yeah, no, our our fans are going to be in for a treat. We'll talk about the field a little bit, but we uh, we did just go on sale on Thursday morning at 8 a.m., uh, exploded out of the gates, frankly, uh, with ticket sales. They started just $20 for our Wednesday Delta Dental Pro-Am. Uh, we've got a great array of ticket offerings available. If you visit rocketmortgageclassic.com, we're encouraging all fans to act really fast and order their tickets today. We anticipate a sellout. Um you know, it's just it's great to have fans back, though, but we are encouraged fans to go. We will have uh, we'll be limiting uh, four tickets per account holder. That's so that we can get all the families that we want to be able to enjoy this experience sure. at Detroit Golf Club for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, the opportunity to do so. We sold out uh, of tickets in 2019, and I would tell you that we were we sold significantly more tickets in our first day on Thursday than we did in even 2019. So we're poised for yet another um, great event, great experience, and a safe, uh, healthy one at, uh, at Detroit Golf Club. Well, you talk about the health, you talk about the safety of, of the fans that are going to be in attendance, and certainly for a lot of the staff and players as well and, and their families. But what do we need to know about, uh, you know, on all the COVID front? What, what do people need mm-hmm. to be expecting uh, from, that, from that perspective? Yeah, well, you know, we're, you know, safety and health of the entire, uh, all of our fans and the community is our top priority you know, based on the most recent orders, which we operate by, you know, we we're operating a capacity for our event of 20 people per thousand square feet. And look, we've got a large footprint here at Detroit Golf Club uh, outdoors. Uh, we expect to be able to operate within those orders with very limited restrictions to ensure that's a safe and healthy and positive experience for all our fans. Uh, we know the policies can change. We'll stay close to that. Working closely with our state and local officials have been fantastic and working with us in partnership. We have made some changes to ensure we have a better grasp on how many people attend each day um, and elevated our, our health and safety measures. Uh, so we won't be offering any good, any one day or weekly tickets. We're not offering mm-hmm. any of those, uh, but we uh, we're also not going to be offering any walk-up sales. So all tickets have to be purchased in advance. And we're going to be, you know, as I mentioned, limiting those purchases to four per account holder. We're also going to utilize our dynamic pricing model for tickets to help control the limited supply and increased demand. So as we get to 70, 80, 90% thresholds, the ticket prices will be going up $5 each day. And, and we're also doing some things as well uh, to create and promote a safer experience. And so we'll be doing things like more of a cashless experience um, on-site, uh, digital-only tickets, day-specific tickets as well. So those are just a few of things. If you go to our website, you'll see a no before you go that talks about all the COVID safety precautions that, that we've put in place. And we've been fortunate the PGA Tour has got so many events that they've run safely um, since we, we came out just a year ago uh, to run an event without fans. We've learned from those best practices, and I'll have them ready and on stage for all of our fans here. All right, let's start here. Uh, I don't want to take away a lot of your thunder. I don't like when people do that. So I'm going to let you talk about some of these names. But let me give you a list of some of the folks that are going to be there. Max Holm is going to be there. He's 23rd in the FedEx Cup standing. Sun J.M. is going to be there, uh, ranked 23rd in the world, as he sits at number 26 in the FedEx Cup standings. Kevin Kisner's got p- three PGA Tour wins. Patrick Reed, Masters winner. Uh, <laughs> he's a, a fantastic player on the Ryder Cup. Webb Simpson's going to be there. And that's, I, I want to name some of the bigger folks for you. So who else is going to be there? Yeah, there's this guy named Phil Mickelson. 
Um, he's won 45 Ooh. times on the PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah, he's got uh, six major championships, three Masters. Um, you know, he's only one of 12 players in the history of the game to win three or, or four ma- or more of the four majors. So, um, yeah, you know, so we're excited to have that guy, Phil, coming. Um, he, uh, you know, it just everything he's done of late is play. And, um, you know, he's excited also the week after us to be playing in the match. Just he's someone that uh, we're, yeah. we're so excited to have here. You know, it's getting Ricky Fowler. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he, he's he had a great week at PJ Championship. Oh, by the way, yeah, Ricky Fowler is going to be with us. Bubba Watson. Masters champion who loves playing this classic Donald Ross design and um, loves everything that Dan Gilbert has done. He's been out, very outspoken about how much he loves and appreciates, as we all do, uh, you know, Dan's vision and what um, he's done for this city. So, uh, yeah, just a couple more there beyond what you, you meant. I don't know if you mentioned Sun JM, who is playing really well right now. Uh, he's 23rd in the world and um, has played well here. So, yeah, those are just a few of the names. Camp Champ is uh, a long hitter. He played yep. really well, finished uh, almost top 10, I think, in 2020. And uh, I think at 28 or 29 in the front nine in the first year that he played out here. So he kind of likes the track. So you just got, a real you great, you know, it's the best year we ever had, Chris. You got 2015 yeah. PGA champ uh, Jason Day out, uh, Harold Varner, and those sweet Air Jordan cleats are going to be out there too. It's awesome. You, you have a, a tremendous field. And, and only to be topped by that is the, the the things that you guys do in terms of charity, in terms of helping out this community. You got the Changing the Course initiative, and, and I'd mm-hmm. love to hear more about that. But you guys are doing way more than just providing a, a, an excellent experience for golf fans here in the Motor City and in Metro Detroit. You're doing, you're, you're changing a lot of different things. Talk to me about Changing the Course real quick. Yeah, no, real quick, uh, you know, Dan Gilbert's vision in coming to town uh, when brightening this event here was to be more than just a golf tournament and impact the outcome in Detroit. And in light of all the profound impact of COVID-19 on Detroit, uh, there's a clear need for greater and more equitable digital access. Um, and so all of our proceeds are going to be supporting our, our Changing the Course initiative. It's a multi-year campaign that's going to ensure every Detroit resident has access to the internet, to technology, and digital literacy training. And so you know, it's one of the many things um, that was, a, you know, an unaddressed underlying issue that was exposed by COVID was internet accessibility. And our Changing the Course initiative is aimed to uh, to address that and take what is currently the most least connected city and turn it into the most connected city. And so it's something that we're very proud of, and it's the reason we're doing this event and why we get up out of bed every day. Good stuff. I know you guys got a lot of stuff to do still, um, but we are very much looking forward to uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic back out at DGC Detroit Golf Club, July 1st through the 4th. And if you want to pick up some tickets, if you want to uh, make sure you're at the event, where do they go? One more time, Jason. They go to rocketmortgageclassic.com. Get there quickly before they go. There's also a limited amount of volunteer opportunities available as well. If you want to stand inside or alongside those ropes and support former mayor Dennis Archer and uh, Noel Johnston and our volunteer force. Good stuff. Jason Langwell, always appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you out at DGC. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Chris. Yep. There he is. Jason Langwell, executive director of the rocket mortgage classic. That is going to do it for us on sports wrap tonight. Have yourself a, a wonderful night and we'll catch you back here again on WJR very soon here on sports wrap 